0: what is something that you had to memorize in your childhood that you remember to this day for me i think of 10th grade biology where we memorize that dehydration synthesis is making bigger molecules and hydrolysis is breaking down i could recite that in my sleep the problem though with memorization is that we may recite things over and over but stop thinking about what it means because to be honest I have no idea what that statement means or what it affects or what (laughs) but I think that can happen to us too each week as we recite the Apostles Creed Christians throughout the world and the centuries have recited this affirmation of faith these ancient words affirming the truth of what we believe as Christians. But it can become so common that we forget to actually think about the words we're saying. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to look at the creed to understand what it means and to see where it is coming from in the scriptures. Now, creed is a statement of belief. And there are many different Christian creeds, but the Apostles' Creed is one of the earliest. And it begins with, I believe in. When we recite the creed every Sunday, we're saying, I trust that these things are true. I place my trust in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And so the very outset of this creed, we are acknowledging that God is God and we are not. And so the creed goes on. I believe in God the Father. When we speak of God the Father, we're talking about the first person of the Trinity. We believe from the scriptures that God is one being, existing as three persons. Now this is going to get a little confusing, so hold on to your hats. You and I, we're, we're all one being and one person. Right? That just, that makes sense. That's how our world works. But somehow, God can be both three persons, yet one being at the same time. Where the Father is fully God, the Son is fully God, and the Holy Spirit is fully God. And yet, though each of those persons is distinct, each one of them is fully the one God. Now, I get it. This is crazy to wrap our heads around, and we can't really fully grasp it ultimately, but it makes sense that if God is our creator, that there would be things about him we wouldn't be able to fully grasp because he's infinite and we're not. He's the creator and we're the creation, and so while this is one of those things, we don't fully grasp about God. We trust it is true because the scriptures show us. It's similar to when you go onto an airplane. You may not understand all the physics of of lift and air currents, but you trust that the plane can fly regardless, even though you don't understand how. And that is the same with our belief in God being one being and three persons. And if you have questions about that, please feel free to talk to me anytime. Jesus, God the Son, tells us as his followers to address God the Father as our Father. In Matthew 6, 7 to 9, he says, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him pray then like this our father in heaven and jesus continues to talk about the lord's prayer when we pray we don't pray to some force or to some machine but to god our father we don't pray to some generic bargain brand god either we're praying to the god of the old and new testaments The Almighty God, the personal God, Yahweh. And it's through faith in Christ that we have become sons and daughters of God. John 1 12 to 13 says, But to all who did receive him, to all who did receive Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man, but of God. Justin Holcomb writes, Because of our relationship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, we can come to God in prayer and dependence at any time. His arms are always open to us. So we can approach the God of the universe as a child approaches a good and loving parent. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. We identify with Christ in his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. And we, as a result, are adopted by God. We need not fear because we call God Abba, Father. Now, Abba is an Aramaic word And it's an intimate term for father, uh, something like dad. And so that, that means, if we can call God that, that means we can experience closeness to God our Father. Now at times in our lives, we may ask the question, who am I? Like, who am I really? But one thing is certain, you are God's child. At other times in our lives, we may feel a sense of not belonging. We may feel like we don't belong anywhere. But one thing is certain. You belong to God, and you belong with his children. And God, indeed, is our compassionate Father. In our call to worship, we recited uh, this part of the psalm, Psalm of three, thirteen. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. He is not an abusive parent. He's not an ogre waiting to pound you to the ground whenever you mess up oh so slightly. No. He's the kind of father that loves us and has called us to himself. He's the kind of father that celebrates when we turn away from sin and toward him. He's the kind of father that sent Jesus to die for us, to bring us to his side. And he wants us to come to him when we've messed up and receive forgiveness. Psalm 103, 8 to 12. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins. Nor repay repay us according to our iniquities, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. And God looks out for the welfare of his children. Matthew six thirty-one to thirty-three. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God knows how to provide for us. We need not fear and stew in worry over our needs, because God is watching over his children. Rather, Jesus tells us, rather than worrying about our needs, seek the Lord, seek his kingdom, and seek to follow his ways of righteousness. Many times in our lives, Emily and I have had moments where we've thought, how are we going to get through this? And sometimes that's financially, sometimes it's emotionally, sometimes it's all other ways, but we find ourselves thinking, how how are we going to make it? And though none of those times were wonderful and easy, God always came through. Now, often he came through at the 11th hour, but I think that's so God helps us realize that we can trust him all those other hours. I believe God looks out for his children, even when we don't see how he's going to work. He looks out for us. Like a good parent as well, God the Father disciplines his children. Why do we discipline our children? Is it so we can make them miserable? Do we just enjoy making them miserable? Hopefully, we discipline our kids because we love them. Hopefully, we take away their phone or ground them because they've done something wrong and we want to correct them because we care about them. It would be so much easier not to discipline them, to say, do whatever you want. I mean, right? It's harder. (laughs) But we love them and we want them to learn how to navigate life in a God-honoring way. So for instance, if a parent takes away screen time because their child spoke disrespectfully, it's so that the child will learn that disrespect is not a good way to treat people. It's not something that's going to help them in life, and it will get them fired from their first job very quickly. And so it's because we love our children that we discipline them. And God disciplines us because He loves us. Proverbs 3:11 to 12 says, "My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of His reproof, for the Lord reproves him whom He loves." As a father, the son in whom he delights. Sometimes God allows difficult things in our lives to wake us up to things that need to change. Precisely because he loves us and he wants to make us more like Christ. Because he wants us to have victory over the sin that's entangling us. Now, that doesn't mean that every bad situation is God disciplining us. But I think in any situation we go through in life, it is helpful to ask, what is God teaching me through this? Whether this is a moment of God's discipline or not, how can I be made more like Christ through it? And so I believe in God the Father. The creed continues. I believe in God the Father Almighty. Revelation 1.8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Now, the word Almighty may strike memories of certain movies like Bruce Almighty or Evan Almighty, but that word is actually a very important word. It means all powerful, or if you want to sound really nerdy, omnipotent. It means that there is no one more powerful than God. He is almighty, not semi-mighty, almighty. He's sovereign and in control over the universe. Psalm 89, eight to 13 says, O Lord, God of hosts, who is mighty as you are? O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you, you rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. You crushed Rahab like a carcass, You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all that is in it, you have founded them. The north and the south, you have created them. Zabor and Herman joyously praise your name. You have a mighty arm, strong as your hand, high your right hand. God is mighty, He rules the waves, He's powerful. I don't know if as a kid you sang this song, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God can not do. The mountains are his, the rivers are his, the stars are his handiwork too. Anyone remember that? Yeah. That song may sound a little cheesy, but it is 100% true. God is stronger than the strongest mixed martial arts fighter. Superman cannot hold a candle to Almighty God. No ruler on this planet is anything compared to God Almighty. God's plans cannot be stopped, and nothing is too difficult for him. And that's really comforting, because that means there is nothing we can do to mess up his plans. And there is nothing Satan can do to mess up God's plans. God will never be overpowered by evil. He will never meet an obstacle he can't handle. With him as our Father, we are in good hands because he is able to keep his promises to us. For instance, if you remember when God told Sarah in Genesis that she would have a baby in her old age when she was way past childbearing age, that was as good as done. He says in Genesis 18.14, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. And she did. And so if nothing is too hard for the Lord, and we can live our lives completely dependent on him, because whether we acknowledge it or not, we are. And even when we face impossible circumstances, even when we're at our wit's end, We can run to him because he can make ways where there are no ways. At all times, he is our hope, our help, and our strength. I believe in God the Father Almighty. The last part of this section of the creed that we're going to talk about today is I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. That is verse 1 of the Bible right there. Genesis one in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Isaiah 44, 6-8, thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Who is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and set it before me, since I appointed an ancient people. Let them declare what is to come and what will happen. Fear not, nor be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? There is no rock. I know not any. There is only one God. One God who declares the future and it happens. One God who has always existed, who has created heaven and earth. Everything that exists, exists because God created Every atom, every molecule, every plant, animal, and human. Now you might say, well, wait a minute. God didn't create this chair. A factory did. True, but who created the raw materials to make the chair? Who created the people that made the tools to put it together? Who created the people that created the machines that fashion it? Nothing exists. Nothing that exists would exist if God were not the maker of heaven and earth. We exist because God exists. And thus, He alone deserves our worship. When you see a beautiful painting, who do you ultimately give credit to for the painting? Not the painting itself, but the painter. When we read a good book that we love, who do we give credit to? Not the book itself, but the author. Let us worship and praise God Almighty, the maker of all things seen and unseen. And finally, let us live to stand in awe of God the Father, maker of heaven and earth. There are 8 billion people on this planet. And God created each and every one of them in his image and likeness. Think about the sheer size of the universe. We have not fully measured it yet, or probably will ever be able to. Think about how intricate our bodies are, how scientists still don't fully understand why things work the way they do. Paul David Tripp, an author, writes, God intentionally loaded the world with amazing things, to leave you astounded. The carefully air-conditioned termite mound in Africa, the tart crunchiness of an apple, the explosion of thunder, the beauty of an orchid, the interdependent systems of the human body, the inexhaustible pounding of the ocean waves, and thousands of other created sights, sounds, touches, and tastes, God designed all to be awesome, and he intended you to be daily amazed. And so let us live amazed by our marvelous God, the one who made you and me in his image and likeness. We are valuable to God our Father, to the God who made heaven and earth, who sent his Son to save us. And so what else could we do but bow down to the maker of heaven and earth, to trust him, to live dependent on him? God our Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you are a Father, that you are our creator, and that you are compassionate. You are wise. You are so good to us. We thank you for your ways, for the ways that you treat us as your children, because we are. We thank you for making us your children. And help us day by day, moment by moment, to live in all of you and to live like you are Father. To follow in your character and ways. In Jesus' name, amen.